Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, true believers of all ages, welcome back to the Comic Book Brawlcast, your home for all things inside the realm of nerdum. I am your host, Admin Nemesis, and filling out our round table tonight are Bullseye, Doctor Doom, and Grendel. Brawlers, tonight we are diving in and discussing some of the comic story arcs that got us into reading comics, which ones we found perfect and which ones we think fell a bit flat, and you'll get our recommendations for your next read. Get ready, brawlers. Episode 4 is here. Sweet Christmas. My fellow villains, it is good to be back inside the Hall of Doom. How are we feeling tonight? Oh, man. I feel like I say this almost every episode, but I'm just out here fighting for my life. Fist fighting the sun every day down here in the south but uh I'm, I'm doing good yeah that texas sun is uh something me and grendel don't really know about eh grendel oh no definitely not especially as a person that works from home Oof, ac all day baby oh man that uh that sounds real tough uh bullseye how are you dealing with the texas sun i try to avoid it but yeah, other than that everything's good on this side yeah i mean working in air conditioners uh you really can't beat that Brawlers, in case you missed it, here are this week's headlines. Guys, the actors now have joined the writers on strike, meaning a complete and total shutdown of Hollywood This isn't good for anybody. All movies and TV shows have now come grinding to a halt guys what do you think this this can't be good first of all the directors had stabbed the writers in the back before by agreeing to a deal instead of standing on the picket line with them Uh, this is actually going to move somewhere i think and i know that the studio someone in the studio actually said they were going to wait until people were like out of homes and i'm just like that is just evil damn don't surprise me yeah no uh with everything grinding to a halt now, I think less of our money will be going to them. Doom, you giving them any more money? Uh, man, I'm I'm finding it hard to. I'm feeling like it. Uh, it feels a lot like the whole uh, anime industry to me, where you know the the voice actors and the the animators just get treated like absolute trash, while the 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 production studios or you know like Crunchyroll and and all of them just you know sit back and they they just get everybody's money no it's crazy yeah. how the studios treat the, their talent a lot of the times bullseye do you see an end in sight in this uh i don't think it'll end well for anybody i think it's one of those things we just kind of have to wait and see how it's going to go but you guys are going to act like hollywood hasn't been shady for generations all right it's not even like for years mm-hmm. for generations mm-hmm. i don't think okay. it's going to end end well it's disgusting really they're trying to screw people out of money. I guess only time will really tell. Guys, staying with the big studio news, and a little bit probably on the better side here, Bob Iger is saying that Disney's going to slow down production on Marvel and Star Wars movies and TV shows. I think with the massive influx in Phase 4 of Marvel shows and a lot of the Star Wars stuff that just really hasn't worked, 
it's not really a bad idea if they slow down a bit. I think Bob's going to send it in the right direction. Guys, our last piece of news for the night is the live-action Masters of the Universe. Unfortunately, dead at Netflix. I grew up on Masters of the Universe. Unfortunate to see it go. Not even sure if we'll get that second part of Kevin Smith's cartoon show at this point. Unfortunate, but those are the times with Netflix. They've canceled a lot of decent shows. Guys, that about wraps it up for the news this week. Keep your eyes glued to Comic Book Brawl for more updates. All right, Brawlers, it is time for the spotlight. Your spotlight. It is the Comic Book Brawl of the week. Brawlers, we have this week Blue Beetle taking on Spider-Man. This is going to take place in San Francisco, and it is just a random encounter between the two. Guys, I don't know about you, but... I think at the end of the day, I like Spider-Man's experience taking him in this fight versus Blue Beetle. As a Marvel fanboy, I, I, I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. He holds back a lot. He's way stronger than people think. He's not, don't get me wrong, he ain't Superman level, okay? But, you know, he has done some amazing feats. There are some parts of Blue Beetle, though, where he's not even in control. The... the the alien suit will take over for him and do what he needs to. I honestly don't think Spider-Man gets through that suit. I, 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 think, I think Blue Beetle takes it. It, it. It's it's a tough suit to get through, and his tech is very beyond a lot of stuff in the DC universe. But I think Spider-Man, personally, has seen a l enough suits to be able to deal with Blue Beetle's suit. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to agree with Bullseye right now. Um, it's uh, Spider-Man has the experience, the skill, uh, uh, like any advantage you really want to say, except for the one that really matters, and that is the power level. I mean, blue, like we have our tiering on the page, and we actually have a tier list, and Spider-Man generally falls in the mid to mid plus range uh depending on you know version and you know i guess the time in the comics because you know they go up and down let's be honest and but blue beetle i believe has consistently at least been in the upper range and that's because uh like bullseye said the suit is just going to take over it's extremely powerful it's very high tech i mean it is alien Okay, I don't know if Spider-Man can really break through that suit. And with all of the tricks that that suit has, it, I think eventually it's just going to find something that Spider-Man can't deal with. And as strong as I think Spider-Man's webbing is, Blue Beetle's going to tear through that easily. Doom, come on. You got to be on my side here, though. Spider-Man over Blue Beetle? Uh, I'm sorry, bro. I'm so sorry, but the fact that Blue Beetle, when in control, can theoretically think up any weapon that he wants to, anything his imagination can can conceive. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, did he not conjure up a weapon a while back that was said to be able to hurt the Spectre? I mean, that's... That's a that, bit out of Spider-Man's reign. That I would have to check on. I, I believe there was a moment where he, he. I don't. I don't remember if he actually conjured up said weapon, but I, I believe it was said at one point. Uh, like Grendel said, according to Tears, I mean, he's Blue Beetle. While being much less experienced, has definitely, definitely shown the power level to be, at least a tier or two above Spider-Man. 
and I don't. I just don't know if the experience can close that gap. Hey, listen, I I hear you guys with the power difference. I do. So I raise you in AVX in a canon story where Spider-Man was able to take on not one but two Phoenix-powered siblings or mutants. It was uh, Colossus and his sister Magic, and walk away from it, albeit not in great shape. But he's the one who walked away from the fight. Mm, what is the context there, though? How did he win that fight? He was able to outsmart them and get them to turn on each other. Ah, he does not have that advantage in this fight now, does he? Well, he could have Jaime at odds with the Scarab and what the Scarab wants to do. I don't know if Spider-Man's really going to outsmart it, and it's going to have a goal in mind, which is going to be beat you. It's alien so... tech, but has it sh ever shown itself to be... A smart alien tech, or is it just, I'm this suit and I can make weapons? Well, it doesn't really need to be smart to win a fight, I guess. It just <laughs> needs to have the goal in mind and have at it. Like, just keep going. Well, in that case, Colossus and Magic should have been able to win that fight. They don't need to be smart to win. They just have to have the goal in mind to win. And Peter was able to take it away from him. Yeah, but that's two of them. He doesn't have... That advantage here, unless you think that he, Jamie is going to fight the Scarab, and uh, I don't know. They're kind of in a fight. I don't think he's going to listen to the guy that is attacking him, even though they both are bugs. Jaime has, I mean, on, on, more, on more than one occasion, argued with the Scarab on what it wants to do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but he was never still ever really in control. But also, you got to think about it. It is way easier to get siblings to fight each other than it is to get a suit of armor to go against its own wishes, I guess. As some... I say. Well, it's not the yeah. suit of armor going gonna... against its own wishes. It's Jaime in the suit of armor kind of going at odds. And I'm not saying that's what he would do. It's just throwing it out there. I mean, we, we saw what happened when they became the Phoenix Five. I don't know. I just don't think I just don't see it. I just don't, I love Spider-Man, but he's been beaten by far, far less. He's he's been stopped by cardiac. He's been stopped by you think, come on, Green Goblin. You think Green Goblin can take uh, Blue Beetle? The Green Goblin's beaten him. Like it's, I'm just saying, there's a lot. I feel like it'd be easier. It would be easier for Blue Beetle to take Spider-Man than for Spider-Man to take Blue Beetle. It could yeah. go sixty yeah. forty, but it's still Blue Beetle would still have the edge. I actually think Green Goblin would have a better chance against uh, Blue Beetle than Spider-Man does. Maybe because of the flight advantage. I could see that. Well, either way, Brawlers, there you have it. We have a 3-1 to one favor of in Blue Beetle for the outcome of this fight. Guys, you can go to the page. You can check out that fight. You can vote there. You can tell us why we are right or wrong there as well. Hopefully a few more of you think I'm right than these guys did. No, you're just wrong. <laughs> and I'm I'm whipping up the fight right now. Uh Brawlers, tonight we are talking about comic book story arcs. We all know a good story arc can make or break a character or a series, and the very best of them can stay with you forever. Guys, I think most of us can go back to the very first arc they've read. I know mine really sticks out for me. Because it was not really a traditional arc in terms of a big sprawling superhero throwdown see i've said before my first comic book ever was the death of superman but the very first 
arc I ever read was what followed those those two issues, and it was the funeral for a friend arc. Any of you guys familiar with that? I'm familiar with it, but I I don't recall it very very well. It's been a while. I mean, it's so old at this point. Like, and honestly, I'm a guy that doesn't go back to things many times. It's been a while since I've read it too, but it is the very first one I can remember reading. It's really my arc introduction to comics, I guess. I didn't know it at the time. I was just kind of reading along with, you know, from those two issues that I had seen. But this issue. Well, this arc was is really cool. You, it opens up with Superman dead in the streets of Metropolis, and it ends with his coffin empty. So it really takes you from the death of Superman to the return of Superman. And you get to see the Justice League gather together at Metropolis Post Office and go through letters of people writing to Superman and start filling out those wishes, because Superman would do that. You get to see Supergirl and Guardian and Gangbuster rise up to the challenge. I just thought it was a really cool introduction for me and kind of a non-traditional first story arc to get into. Grendel, what was your first story arc? Do you remember? Uh, man, first story arc? Uh, it's one that I remember reading at the very least was because I needed things to start making sense to me. Okay. it. I was reading these various stories. I, uh, uh, I fell in love with Batman pretty early on, but I was reading these stories and there was like a little continuity issue and I didn't know if it was me or if it was DC. And then I finally uh, found Crisis on Infinite Earths. And yeah, uh, th that kind of made things kind of make sense to me in at least my own headcanon. Get like the post-crisis continuity of... Uh, of the DC universe. So I'm not even entirely sure I was reading story arcs before that, or if I was just reading random comics. So I believe that's the first story arc I actually read. Now, did you pick it up in like a paperback or did you uh, like grab it by issue by issue as you were trying to find it? Um, no, actually I knew someone that had the issue. So I didn't actually personally own it and they allowed me to read it. Nice. I mean, what a great introduction to the DC universe, too, and to really get into it, to see all of these different characters coming together and fighting for a cause. I, it, it, I, Crisis on Infinite Earth is one of my favorite story arcs ever. Oh, yeah, you get all these different characters um, that, like, and, and, and there's going to be a lot of lesser-known characters. It was my introduction to a character that not a lot of people know, but actually has a really cool moment in an arc that we're going to talk about probably later, Kimio Hoshi, okay, also called Dr. Light. Crisis had so many characters, I, it would be hard to even go back and count at this point. Like I said, a tremendous introduction, great first story arc. Bullseye, what, uh, what do you first remember reading? I'll say when it came to first, I'm trying to think all the way back, because like I'm sure a lot of you guys, like the, the first thing you read wasn't the full arc, so you just read little bits and pieces here. But for the one I actually sat down, I, I probably be Contest of Champions from 1981. I don't know the exact year it came out. Uh, that one was awesome. That one had a lot of uh, a lot of lesser known people that I did not know of, and you also got to see stuff like Black Panther, Black Panther, and Wolverine 
Like that's where they first saw each other, and they they thought they were enemies, and they fought each other. And actually, Wolverine almost killed Black Panther until Thing intervened. But overall, it was really cool. I didn't know a lot of the cosmic beings, so I didn't know Grandmaster. I didn't know anybody like that. So that was that was the first one I actually read all the way through. I'm I'm not gonna lie, I haven't read that. It sounds like an awesome way to get into it. My only real introduction to Contest of Champions has been through the mobile game, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I understand that. I think I, I played that for a while as well, so I get it. It's game. a pretty solid storyline. Mm-hmm. I would definitely check it out, too. I, I think I know where you're going with your first arc. I really think you I think do. So? I think so, but let's you hear think it. think so? All right, so my first art I, I for the most part i was very all over the place when it came to just just reading anything comic book related i was i i couldn't i i just i didn't have the access to comics to really read religiously every week you know the same story back to back you know every week after release after release and uh unfortunately i have uh, one of my sisters to thank for that because she took one of my comic book collections and looked through it and saw a very uh, tame quote-unquote sex scene in one of the comics and told my mother about it and she threw away my entire comic book collection. It hurt. So after that, I was just reading comic books whenever and wherever I could find them. So the first actual arc that I read is kind of hard for me to pinpoint. The first arc that became extremely memorable to me uh, would have to be Spawn Armageddon, which is kind of the the arc in the Spawn series where the entire creation of his character comes to a front. The reason why he was created is finally, you know, put on center stage where you know you get Cogliostro who reveals himself to be Kane and he takes over hell and the war between heaven and hell just starts raging out of control and it was just a storyline that really felt like okay this is this is what this has all been building up to to me it, it and and it ushered Spawn into an era that, even though it was always meant to be supernatural, paranormal, horror-based kind of series, Spawn Armageddon really, I felt, pushed it over the line to where it became more of a horror series than it ever really was before. I like it. Guys, those are some great first story arcs. But what I want to get into is perfect story arcs. What you really loved, like the best ever. The top story arcs that you can think of. That's what I want to get into right now. Man, when I think of just perfect story arcs that when I think back to them, I'm like, man, I really want to go back and read them. I got to go with Marvel Civil War. Like It was, it was so good that I, I couldn't even stop at the comic book version of it. I went out and bought the actual novel version of it. And I actually got some of our admins to to go online and and order the novel version because I didn't even know it existed. This story is that good to me where I 
I didn't even care about the pretty pictures. Civil War is a great arc. I have it on my list as well. Uh, yeah, it's on my list too. I think it's on everyone's list. Come on, let's be honest. It's one of the great, greatest story arcs ever in comic history. It's also one of the most well-known. You get so many of the characters you love. You have a story that's built on uh, by other stories. Um, you know, you have uh, Avengers Disassembled, uh, Decimation, and I think House of M. And it, like all of that built, like helped build into Civil War. So it was just kind of like a great way to bring in one of the greatest story arcs ever. And how that all just came together was just perfect. No, I agree. Yep. For, for me, it had one of the most messed up moments in Marvel history with Iron Man cloning Thor. And then that clone of Thor killing Bill Foster. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, that was a good time. You have it on your list? No, I actually don't. Okay, okay. We'll get to, wow. we'll get to your three after. Uh, Doom, what do, you, what do you get for... Uh, give me two more you have. For DC, this one I know is... It's going to be a little bit of a controversial pick. I know everybody did not love it, but for me personally, it just it captured my heart in a way that you know only DC could. It's I, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with just the the first season of Injustice because you know after the first season it starts just sprawling out across every corner of the DC universe. Sir, that's on my list as well. Nice. So yeah, with with Injustice, I don't know. I feel like the reason that it it pulled me in so much is because it kind of reminded me of Invincible, which I've stated numerous times before. I love it so much, mm -hmm. but an evil Superman character, while a lot of people at this point think it might be played out, back then, at the time, I was all for it. I was like, give me... The biggest, strongest, most powerful person on the planet that everybody loves and trusts, and then flip the switch on them. No, I 100% um, agree with you. And especially, it, it wasn't just an evil Superman character. It was evil yeah. Superman. And it wasn't just exactly. evil Superman. It was evil. It was Superman punching the heart out of the Joker. Yes. Unbelievable. And, uh, yes, I... I don't know. It, it it wasn't just the game for me. I, I I rolled through the comics like crazy. I was I I look forward to every single new you know year they would release. But I just for the sake of since we're doing you know arcs, I'll go ahead and go with number uh, year one. What was your favorite part of year one? Do you have a favorite part? Man, that's tough. Honestly, I don't. I don't know what to say is my favorite. It was. It was any moment where you see Superman just betray these characters mm -hmm. that you know he's he's been with and you know been team teamed up with and partners with for decades and decades, and then he just snaps on them. I. I mean, whether it be the Martian Manhunter moment or or Captain Marvel or. Or I mean Shazam or Captain Adam, um, heck, even the Damien killing Nightwing. There was uh, a lot no. to take in. 
the whole series was just shock value after shock value after shock value backed up with a good story. No, it was a great story. And I'll, I'll tell you, my, my three yeah. favorite moments, I put down three of them for Injustice Year One, Volume One. And it was obviously the death of Lois and Superman killing the Joker because that was oh, yeah. just holy crap. Uh, you already yeah, said exactly. the death of Nightwing. Because mm-hmm. you have Damien obviously killing Dick Grayson. And then, for me, what really, really blew my mind is when Aquaman would not submit and Superman and, I believe, Wonder Woman, Lantern, and maybe one other took Atlantis out of the sea and dropped it in the middle of the desert. Yes. Holy crap. Yeah, Yeah, I know. That that, that definitely deserves to be up there. My man made business at that point. Yeah, I know. I actually completely forgot about that. Oh, just the whole thing was just great. Yeah, but that that Atlantis moment might have been my most shocking moment from the very first volume of that. Uh, yeah, uh, agreed. Great, Doom. What what do you have for your third party there? I'm gonna have to go with uh, the Viltrumite War. Love it. This this arc in Invincible was really, again, the culmination of what we had been introduced from from the first volume. You know, as, mm-hmm. you know, spoiler alert, as everyone probably knows by now, Omni-Man, not necessarily a great guy. Um, but once we see the culmination of knowing that the Viltrumites are out to to get Earth and they're, they're coming for us and we've created this team, the Coalition of Planets has created this insane team of you know some of the best fighters and 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 beings in the in the whole galaxy in true invincible fashion people get ripped apart you know faces get smashed in fists go through stomachs it was invincible to me it just does it in a way to where i love it i don't always love storylines where people are just getting murdered left and right but the Viltrumite war I don't know it it, it did it for me but as someone else maybe yeah. the only other person you know who has read Invincible I can very safely say go pick up the comic and read it because you're not going to be disappointed please please support the official release a hundred percent Grendel we touched on your Marvel what do you got for the other two? So I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to go with Watchmen. I mean, it, it's such a great series. It actually gives us a person that might actually trump Batman in prep. Ozymandias is just completely insane, and no matter, like, he pretty much made it. So at the end, he was like, oh, yeah, um, you can't do anything about this. Okay, it was it was a great uh, mystery um, action. It, it, the the one of the most powerful comic characters there has ever been is just the most passive person ever, it, and it's just something that something that blew my mind. It's best that you just go read it. I. Yeah, I it, like explaining it honestly. Kind of ruins the comic, but just know that you're gonna get a series 
uh, you're gonna get a series that there's no weakness to, and it it's just completely fantastic. No, Watchmen's a tremendous read. Uh, as I'm a huge fan of the comic, I always have been. If you haven't heard about Watchmen before now, what rock are you living under? Alan Moore has been very vocal in the last few years, especially about comic book movies. If you haven't heard of Watchmen, go pick it up and read it, please. Most definitely. Uh, Watchmen was also on my list. You know, you guys know I, I picked Watchmen for uh, our draft. The movie, at least. <clears throat> so, yeah, as far as the comic goes, man, could, couldn't, couldn't praise it h- highly enough. Can I use Watchmen as my uh, third party there? Go for it. Give us another DC. Say so technically it's Vertigo, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they they kind of you know cross over. Yeah, they're they're not time. Sister companies. When it came out, it wasn't. So you're good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I could I could go on my uh, my actual DC one. Okay. Here we go. Court of Owls. Batman. Mm, that's a great pick. Oh yes, uh, Snyder, amazing. He should just keep writing it. Um, yeah, so uh, this is a story about organization that kind of has Batman's number for quite some time. Uh, he doesn't know anything about them. Batman does not like that. I mean, greatest detective, yes, he, but uh, he does not like knowing things, and that's probably one of the things that makes him the greatest detective of the world. They were powerful people, but were in relative obscurity. The comic actually, by the way, spans across other comic books. Um, there's Nightwing, Batgirl at one point. Uh, so you, I, and I love that it actually did that, and how they brought it together was amazing. Um, but just how they were able to just beat down Batman, and then he just kind of persevered through sheer willpower. All right, when I first read that arc, the Lincoln March thing, I was never convinced uh, at, at the end of it. They kind of left it open-ended, but um, but the way that Batman had to kind of deal with that, you know, thinking that this is this person and they should mean something to me, but... Uh, in the end, you know, they're just enemies. Uh, I think it's something that kind of had an effect on Batman in the stories to come. It wasn't just a great arc in and of its own right, and you're going to see this kind of trend of mine. I like things that connect to other things. And it was just how they... Uh, you know, after this arc, the rest of the uh, series just kind of flows. And there's this, uh, for oh, quite some time, there's kind of this theme. Uh, and it's just perfect. Um, there could be no better writer for Batman, I honestly believe. Uh, he kind of nailed so many points. No, I, I agree with you. Court of Owls was awesome. It was such a great reintroduction into the New 52 with Batman. And two two things from that really stood out to me. One, that there was a secret society existing in Gotham that Batman he had, know about. he had no clue about. And None. 
And what else stood out to me is his resolve when he was stuck in that maze to get out and not succumb to the Court of Owls. That is the best Batman moment. That is just so Batman. They they broke him down, and then he just pushed through. Because he's not Bruce Wayne. He is Batman. Batman. You can't break the Batman. And he proved it right there. It's unbelievable. It was a great story arc. Bullseye, you've been really quiet up there. What do you have for your... Give me three perfect arcs. Um, okay, easy. So, first one, uh, let's just do Marvel. Uh, I was going with Infinity War. Oh, yes. not, only did, not only did we get the movies, obviously, but there are so many good moments in that arc that, that, I, ju- that I just love. Funny moments, good moments to Captain America standing up to uh, Thanos, even yes. though we had it. That is one of my favorite scenes in a comic book ever. That that was so cool. Getting so much respect for Captain America is just amazing. And then seeing everybody trying to work together to stop this threat, and then man, even Thanos sitting there and attacking the Celestials, and just that scan of him just shooting the gauntlet up there and just taking them all out. It's it's so awesome. Let's also talk about uh, Doctor Doom just tanking a blast from the Infinity Gauntlet. I just want to put that out there. Go on, continue. Yeah, the real Doctor Doom, he did that. Um, oh, that's not the right there, my God. <laughs> Don't brag about that. Okay, next one I want to pick nine Bullseye, Bullseye series and just talk about Bullseye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that, that one would be my Marvel one. Oh, also one of my favorite parts on that was whenever they got the gauntlet off of him and the Hulk tried to pick it up and everybody was trying to hold the, back, the Hulk back and Hulk was like, hey, I'm trying to help. <laughs> Oh, that I'm was so funny! What are you guys doing? Yeah, that's like that's probably worse than Thanos having it. And oh. then I see for my for my DC one, uh, yeah, I had to go with Blackest Night. Easily Blackest Night. That mm, it was. I have not technically fully read a lot of DC arcs, but that one I had to read all the way through. That was amazing. Blackest Night may be DC's best story in their canon universe ever. Ever, it's yeah. definitely on my list too. Yeah, when they uh, when all of the dead started rising underneath the the was it the Hall of Heroes or whatever it's called, uh, that was awesome. All the all the crypts were opening up, and Ted Cord came out, and that, man, it was I don't know I thought it was really cool. That was a great series. Yeah, Blackest Night was uh, definitely next on my list. I, I I picked Injustice because I knew you had it, Bullseye. So I was like, I'm gonna let I you appreciate that. I love yes, Barry sir. getting the blue ring. I thought that was perfect. Barry is s- such the hope of that universe. Bro, oh, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite DC character got a ring. I was so happy, and it fit him. If it's Scarecrow getting a ring, getting a yellow lantern ring, that's perfect. I mean, that's his whole shtick all the way around. Well, to be fair, he is more afraid of Batman than anything is afraid of him. Yeah, he, he needs the fear gas in order to kind of work. He's not really scary himself. Sinestro without the ring versus Crane without his fear toxin. Who who, do you, who would you rather fight? Oh, Crane's creepy, dude. I'd fight Crane all day. Sinestro's going to kick my ass. I mean, that's not fair. One has yeah. alien physiology, you know what I mean? One yeah, other against is skinny, dude. Too. That's all I'm saying. He's scary. He's also wearing a bag of maggots, bro. That's just gross. <laughs> Bullseye, what's your third story? 
Okay, my third party is I believe it's called the Valiant. So my third, my favorite third party is Valiant. Uh, I love them. I love Bloodshot. Uh, I love Archer and Armstrong. I love them all. And I really, this was my introduction to that world because it, it not only did it have Eternal Warrior trying to protect the new Geomancer um, from the um, I can't even remember his name, but that super evil guy that just comes and kills him every time. The, it's not the Forgotten One. Crap, I don't remember what his name is, but either way. He's protecting the Geomancer from her. They get separated, and she ends up running into uh, Ninjak. Ninjak starts helping her out, too, and then he fails, and then runs into Bloodshot, and he fails. And it brings in all these characters that I had no idea existed. And even in the end, I'm not going to spoil the end. Either way, I thought it was a fantastic introduction for myself to get into that universe. And so that one was why that one is my third party. I'm not going to lie. I have not read that. I haven't read a lot of Valiant. I wanted to get into it, and Vin Diesel's movie kind of hurt that a little bit for me. Oh, come on. Don't, don't. <laughs> know, come know, on. You're ruining the vibe, man. No, I didn't the- want to bring it up, but it, he did it, and we all had to see it, and it was very disappointing. Was it, was it that bad? I didn't, I didn't get around to it. It, it wasn't great. There's only a few movies I've fallen asleep during in my life. That was one of them. Guys, I the only one I have left on my list is my third party. We've already discussed Civil War and Injustice Year One, Volume One. My third party is The Walking Dead, and I'm going with hey. the prison arc. Hey, 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 that was my number two. Yes. That was my number two, bro. That was you. I think you were the one that told me to read that. I'm sorry. Carry on. I, I might, I might have been. I loved The Walking Dead when I. When the TV show came out, I really enjoyed it. I found out it was a comic. I went back and if you liked the show and you haven't read the comic, go back and read the comic. It is a thousand times better from the very opening to Negan to everything, the ending. It's a thousand times better than the show. But we're going to focus right here on the prison. And I want I, I just want to talk about my favorite moment because you kind of got it a little bit in the show, but when Tyrese goes into the gymnasium and gets trapped in there with 50 to 100 walkers, and I think it's two days, a day or two, he's left in there, they come back and open that gym, and Tyrese is sitting there, not bitten, every walker dead. Oh my, that was the best moment, I think, in The Walking Dead. It was the best badass moment in it's definitely goaded. comic for me. Like, oh, so good. Yes. Definitely goaded. Oh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that actually, that comic is, first of all, just completely messed up. Oh, it's, so uh, it's kind of the point of it. And But uh, that prison arc has some of the ooh, most messed up moments there are. Yes. <laughs> I know what you're talking You're talking about Michonne, aren't you? I know what you're talking about. Oh, oh, that's so gross. Everything that happens to Michonne, Michonne's revenge, Lori and Judith at the very end of the arc. I mean, there was a lot of fucked up shit going on. Oh, yeah. It was so great. I loved it. That, for me, that's my third party. It, it was it was perfect. It was, it was great from beginning to end. Um, guys, we talked about perfect. Now, I'm going to talk about ones that fell just a little bit flat. I'm not going to take too much time with mine because there's a big reason why they fell flat and it's because they're just not memorable to me. They were boring. I'm not saying the story wasn't important to where things were going or that they didn't have good moments. They did. But in the end, these three really fell flat for me and they were two for Marvel I had to go with. 
One was Axis, because I thought that was going to be awesome. And it just... My biggest takeaway still was Superior Iron Man and his series. Not so much Axis. It was, I found the whole thing kind of boring. The second one was Secret Wars 2016. Not the original. The original is amazing. The second one... And it's not even the main storyline. It's the 50 tie-in issues that you were trying to read. Going, well, what does this have to do with anything? It, there was no real reason to have that many tie-in issues, in my opinion. And, and the third, we go back to DC, and it was Brightest Day. The follow-up to Blackest Night. And that really suffered a lot from following up Blackest Night. But it just it didn't have the moments Blackest Night did either. Guys, those are my three, and I don't know if any of you want to disagree with me, but for me, that that's what I thought, and they were just just boring for me. I'm not saying they were bad; they're just boring. Um, yeah the the Secret Wars one. Uh, the thing that I hate more than not getting like a bit of information that I kind of need to connect a story is getting stuff that I don't need right? and didn't make sense. And, and I'm just like racking my brain going, oh, is there something else I'm missing to make this matter? And in the end, no, actually, it was just mm -hmm. a lot of drivel. It was a lot of nothing. It was a lot of absolute nothing. I gotta, I gotta be the opposition on that. For me, those were just fun add-ins. Yeah, they, they didn't they weren't necessary. You didn't have to read all of them to get the, the core storyline. So, yeah, if you want to see what everybody on all those different universes that are now part of one planet are doing, I I kind of enjoyed getting all those little tiny snippets of of the 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 side stories just to, you know, kind of see what, what was going on in everybody else's neck of the woods. My whole thing with that, where I would have put, con I almost put Convergence on this list, and I didn't. We'll get to that. Right? I didn't put Convergence on this list because I knew who these other versions of the characters were. It was like DC picked from their multiverse, whereas Marvel kind of was like, oh, this is Savage Land's versions of the characters, and this is the Thor Corpse version of the characters, and this is, you know, the whatever Iron Man City was versions of the characters. And it wasn't, it wasn't their multiverse of characters as much as it was, you know, with DC. And that's, that, that's, that kind of bugged me a bit with Secret Wars. Fair enough, fair enough. I don't usually have an issue with tie-ins unless the tie-ins are like half of the story and you have to read them. Mm -hmm. That's usually when I have an issue with it. I have one that is very famous mm -hmm. that... We're going to get a lot of hate for, so be ready for it. You're going to get a lot of hate. Yeah, don't, don't group us in with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take the shots, pun intended. The Killing Joke, all right, that was just... You're going to get some shots? Bad. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Someone's going to knock on my door. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open it. I'll be in a wheelchair. I'll you're gonna, become a hacker. You're going to think he's dressed for a Hawaiian vacation, and lo and behold, it's the Joker. This was not bad, okay? It was really good up to a certain point, okay? And this is one I don't care about ruining because everybody knows it, and I think the ending sucked. All right, so 
basically um the story revolves around uh joker uh shoots barbara gordon and then batman's out to get him joker at the end and batman have a conversation and joker tells batman a joke and the joke uh, it's stupid and i've always hated this joke and it's essentially uh, two guys escape from an insane asylum uh and they're getting away and there's a space uh between these two forms that's too far for them to jump and one of them goes oh i got an idea i'm gonna shine the flashlight across that space i'll walk across the beam and then uh i'll shine it for you and you walk and the other guy goes what do you think i'm crazy you're just gonna turn it off once you get across and then Batman laughs at that joke. And I understand the punchline. Okay? Mm-hmm. Just wasn't funny. And like that is falling flat. That is having a great storyline. And then just at the end, you just ruined it. Why? Batman would not laugh at that. What is wrong with you? Like, wh- it wasn't even a funny joke. Like, if it was a really funny joke... Okay, then fine. Uh, that is the definition of falling flat to me. Maybe it's because you're not a dad. Maybe you need to be a dad. To, to I love it. I love dad jokes. I make dad jokes all the time. Okay, that was not a dad joke. That was a bad joke. Hey, See? I see what you did there. Uh, it was a better joke than the one told at the end of a killing joke, so... <laughs> Oof. So Grendel will take heat for that. I, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, I'm gonna get all the smoke. And all your emails directed to Grendel, a comic book brawl. Yes, you all know how to reach him. You are more than welcome to let him know that the Killing Joke is awesome. All right, that was your big, uh, your big fallen flat story arc. Um, Bullseye, what do you got? You got three, or do you have a big one? Um, I would say probably have. I mean. Two of them, I say they fall flat because they didn't entertain me. I actually didn't finish them. So I can't really necessarily say they fall flat in per se because I don't know how they ended. And one of them was Brightest Day. I made it like three. I, I don't even remember how far I made in Brightest Day. I was though, I was told, hey, read Darkest Night. And then Brightest Day is right after that. I, I, I don't even know. Okay. And then the second one was Marvel. And it was uh, X-Men vs. Avengers. Or Avengers vs. X-Men. Didn't like it. I made it like six issues into that. No, even not six. Like three issues. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't hold me. I didn't. I didn't understand. I mean, I guess I understood why they were fighting, but at the same time, they fought together for like forty years, and they couldn't. They couldn't just like sit down and talk. They had to throw hands. I don't know. I mean, it just. It wasn't believable. Cap tried to think through Wolverine out of a helicopter. Well, so he tried talking to Cyclops before that. Cyclops wanted to be a dick about it. That's the way I read it. I mean, you're, you're right. You're not wrong. I don't know. It just seed, And then that's another thing. I don't think after everything they've been through together, I don't, I'm not entirely sure why Cyclops would act like that. But anyways, my third one was I, my favorite hero is Thor. I, I love Thor. Fear itself was trash. Okay. It had, it had <laughs> one cool moment, and that was him facing uh, Mohulk and Angrier 
and shattering thing and sending Hulk into orbit. After that, bro, I I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand for yourself. I gotta agree with that one. Like I said, besides that, I personally think that the the X Men trying to take out the Juggernaut was the only other enjoyable moment in that arc. Uh, I just gotta say, sometimes Cyclops could be a little bit of a dick. That's all. I actually liked AVX except for Cyclops because it was just very out of character for him. It was weird. Yeah, he was just being a dick for no reason. And honestly, like following Professor X's foot footsteps, I don't think he, I don't think he, I don't personally know why he would go that route. Right. Professor, Professor X wouldn't have done that. No, and as somebody who knows firsthand what the Phoenix is about, why would you think it's going to be anything different this time? Exactly, exactly. And then, the, and then with Fear itself, the ending, the ending pissed me off so bad. It was just, it was, it was so readable. We, you totally knew what was coming. And it wasn't even a shocker when it happened. You're just like, okay, shut up. Nope, I, I don't think uh, anyone really disagrees with you on those arcs, especially Brightest Day. I mean, like you said, you didn't get three issues into it, and I can barely remember what happened with it. You know, <laughs> it was so boring, man. It was, just, it was just so boring. Doom, what about you? You got three arcs for us? You got a big one? I got two Marvel, one for DC. For me, personally, a follow-up to... You know, the the one that I said was one of my favorites ever. I got to go with Civil War 2. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed how it started off, but then I quickly could not have cared less for how it continued. I mean, you know, the, the intro of the series, you know, we get the new Inhuman who can see into the future or who can essentially go into the future and they start trying to stop threats before they even happen and they they attempt to stop thanos before he you know as he's landing on earth which ultimately ends up in some casualties and iron man yeah and iron man and captain marvel being at odds with each other i i was all i was all for it up until that point the arc just steadily kept losing my interest. And I, I just don't know many other series where I was like, okay, here we go. Sequel to one of my all-time favorites, if not my favorite Marvel storyline of all time. Let's go. The first few issues had me sold. And then I just, I didn't care anymore. No, I think around that time marvel had a lot of arcs that just kind of fell flat that they tried to really inflate and just mm-hmm. weren't they weren't very good yeah that that's really the best i can say about civil war 2 is it it just it had me at the beginning but uh it had me in the first half but i i couldn't i couldn't really keep up with it because i i just couldn't care anymore and then i have to go with the uh Marvel Ultimate Universe's storyline Ultimatum. I I wanted to enjoy this one as well, but just felt like gratuitous murder after murder after murder, gory killing of every character, like not have a a a, a substantial plot line that we're following that's gonna keep us invested, or is the gory shock value all all this storyline has going for it? Blob eating wasp was stupid. Yep. And then what? Ant Man ate 
blob? Yes, he bit his head off, yeah. I believe. I don't know. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. There's certain storylines where I, I enjoy the shock value and the gore. And they have their purpose within the storyline. This one, I just felt like every episode I was tuning in to see which hero was getting killed off next. And then for DC, you mentioned it earlier. I got to go with Convergence. It was one of those storylines where I was like, okay, we're about to build up to potentially one of the greatest story arcs that DC has ever done. It's, mm-hmm. it's about to be a massive, huge multiversal event. And then who, who, who talks about Convergence anymore? No one. No, not a single person. You guys right. are right now. Ah, get out of here. Okay, right. oh, that's all I got to say about it. That's all I got to say about it for the sake of not talking about it anymore. <laughs> no, but you're you're absolutely right. They had, like I mentioned earlier, they they literally took all of their multiverse and were sticking it together and pitting it against each other. And they had this mm-hmm. super cool idea. And yeah, it fell flat completely. Yep. You know how we always talk about how they got to stop taking movies that were good and remaking them and take movies with a really good premise and redo it? Same with comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to do that. Maybe one day we'll get a good convergence too, and DC will be able to reunite their multiverse together like that. Man, I was so hyped when you see the shards of reality that Superboy Prime punched out oh, coming right. back together. I was like, oh. Holy shit! What are they coming up with? What what's about to happen? And then just nothing. I don't care. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't care because there was nothing to care about. No, it was it was just very boring and bland, and they dropped the ball. Yep, guys, this has honestly been a great discussion tonight. I've had a hell of a time talking with you guys. Real quick before we go, I want each of you to recommend a few different arcs for people to go out and check out and read. Because that's what we're really here about, the comics, getting more knowledge, bringing that knowledge to the page, talking about the fights, of course. But real quick, my three arcs, guys, I want to go real quick. I'm not going to get too much into them because I want the readers to go out there and read them if they haven't, or the listeners to go out there and read them if they haven't. For DC, what's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way? It's a Superman story arc, and if you don't know what I'm talking about and you've seen... Superman vs. the Elite, this is the comic it was based on. It has the Elite coming in as these new, cool, will-kill heroes, and people kind of looking at Superman as the old guard, and we don't really need him, and the story shows Superman sticking to his guns. Um, Marvel, you got Planet Hulk. I think a lot of people know Planet Hulk, but if you haven't read it, go out and read it. Hulk's on a distant planet as a gladiator. It's a great read. It's going to bring you into World War Hulk. And my other, I know we talked a little bit about not liking gratuitous violence for gratuitous violence, but if you're that kind of person, please go read God is Dead. You're going to see nothing oh. but different gods oh, yes. killing each other. For God is Dead is just, it's, a, it's different. 48 issues. Yeah, no, God yes. is Dead is one of the, one of the most, one of the craziest comics I think I've ever read. It was like, holy crap to holy crap, to holy crap, to holy crap moment. Mm-hmm. Grendel, what do you think the listeners here should go out and read? All right, well, I said Watchmen before was one of my uh, comic story arcs, and actually I think that people should go out and read that because 
I think that a lot of people that are, especially people that are just getting into comics, actually. Watchmen, it's a limited series, but it's a, it's a great series. Uh, it, it's got a beginning and end. And I feel like someone that's just coming into comic book, that is something that uh, is... It, it's going to be good, like it, because we have all these characters that uh, are have been around forever, and you're not going to know everything about all these characters. Okay, you'd have to go back years, decades even. But Watchmen, it's kind of just like, there it is. Okay, but now if you want to talk about a comic series where it's ongoing, you know this character. Okay, Craven's Last Hunt. I Great love read. that story. Okay, so essentially, um, it's supposed to be the quote-unquote last fight between Spider-Man and Craven. Craven wants to prove his superiority. He actually does it in a weird way at the end, where it's like he captures Vermin, and he basically tell makes Vermin think that Spider-Man is the one that piss out of him before spider so spider-man fights vermin and vermin is actually about to just off spider-man like he is uh, he's beating spider-man and craven actually stops it and that is kind of how his last showing of superiority like uh he, there was just things throughout the story that craven was kind of just proving that he was better than spider-man with anyone that would take such a psychological toll on you. Spider-Man didn't really come through at the end. He kind of got saved, and Craven, uh, at the end, well, <laughs> you know what? You'll see it. It'll just teach you. It teaches people that the hero doesn't always win. Doom, how about you? What do you, uh, you want to share with our listeners tonight? All right, so for my first pick of recommendations, I mean... I feel like it's a follow-up to one of yours, Nemesis. After you finish Planet Hulk, mm. jump into World War Hulk. Absolutely, everybody loves it for a reason. It is, it is just it's fun. It just it reminds me of Dragon Ball Z. It is just big buff people beating the crap out of each other for the sake of beating the crap out of each other. It is Hulk just being some of the most savage moments that he's ever had because he has the intelligence to truly be petty and or not even petty but just truly savage intellectually savage and it's also the storyline that personally introduced me to one of my all-time favorite characters i know he gets a lot of hate because a lot of people don't understand or appreciate mental illness but century and hulk have such a damn good fight. Gotta gotta recommend that as a follow-up to Nemesis's recommendation of Planet Hulk. For my next two, I gotta go with um, just a really solid, self-contained story arc. Very, you know, not long, but it's 12 issues in the graphic novel, I believe. Amazing masterpiece of a story. Um, very short, sweet, concise. And then if you really enjoy it, uh, I guess go go check out uh, Doomsday Clock in in DC, and then uh, for my last one, I gotta go with Sandman. If for no other reason than you're not going to get 
better artwork in any other comic book series. Sandman just has some of the trippiest, most insane. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have already jumped on board with the Netflix series. Uh, do yourself a favor and read the comic. Um, it, every every page is just eye candy. It is some of the most insane artwork that you'll ever see. Almost every character in it is drawn in a different art form, whether it be charcoal or water paints or or colored pencils or black and white. Every every character in it is just drawn perfectly. Oh, it's a good pick, Bullseye. Finish us off. All right, I actually only have two. I have one DC, and that'd be Superman Unchained. Uh, fantastic, Ooh. fantastic read. Uh, you get to see Wraith. Uh, you get to see, I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but the beginning is definitely not like the end. Let's just say that. But the artwork, that's another one. The artwork is what made me realize that DC artwork is so good. I mean, maybe not necessarily all the stories. It, it varies on what you like. But the artwork in DC is just fantastic. If any for any other reason, read it for that. It's not that long. And then my other one would be Marvel, and that'd be the 1984, yeah, 1984 Secret Wars. That one, uh, surprise, surprise, has some more Doctor Doom fuckery in it. But mm-hmm. man, you see, you get to see the villains, you get to see the heroes, you get to see. Besides Colossus, don't if you're a Colossus fan, don't even read it. But it's so cool to see the heroes and the villains fighting each other on like a war world and you got beyonder in there and you have human torch one shots ultron i don't it's i there's just so much in that and yeah it's so enjoyable i think if especially if you're really into like the marvel movies and you don't necessarily know a lot of the side ones a lot of the heroes and villains in secret wars have been in movies so far so it'd be a really nice intro into some marvel movies or marvel marvel stories but yeah, anyways, those are my those are those are my my two right there. All right, brawlers, we're out of time for tonight. But thank you again for joining us. I hope we gave you a lot of new material to go check out. Stop by Comic Book Brawl and let us know what you think. And guys, don't forget to subscribe and get those updates for when the new episodes drop on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Audible. That's every Monday at eight a.m. Eastern, seven a.m. Central. That's the same bat time, same bat channel every week. Guys, we're out of here. Good night.